Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And we're in a series called Seeking the Face of the Lord. We're talking about the fact that seeking God is the absolute key, the foundation for our whole life as to whether we will succeed or fail. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Seek God and he will exalt you. But if you uh, if we lift ourselves up in pride and we trust in ourselves, then our life will tend toward destruction. And so it's essential to seek God, to find our destiny, to fulfill our destiny. Last time we saw why it's so vital to seek God, and we saw how that was illustrated in the kings of Judah. And as long as they sought God, they prospered. But when they stopped seeking God, things went downhill. And the, that was the divine assessment of, of their reign. You know, the reason is that when we seek God's face, when we seek his presence, his presence, his spirit actually comes into our heart and fills our heart. And he gives us strength and wisdom and, and, and guidance, you know. Now, we saw last time this, this glove represents our heart, you know. And when we're trying to do things on our own strength, we're, we're about as much use... As, as this glove, it can do nothing, it can grasp nothing, it can't receive much from God, it, it can't um, ha take any dominion, it's useless really. That's our heart. This glove wasn't made to have nothing in it. And our heart isn't made to be empty and just going on our own vanity. And as we seek God, what happens is we open up our heart to him and we allow his hand to fill our heart. And as the Spirit of God fills our heart, now suddenly we have strength in us, strength to receive, strength to rule and reign in life, to exercise dominion, wisdom. It's able to direct us in the way that we should go. And so we're filled with love and joy and peace. Everything, in other words, is the whole key to our life, is getting, allowing the Holy Spirit, the hand of God, to fill our hearts. And so that's what we're talking about. It says in Ezra 8, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. So what happens when you seek God? His hand fills our heart and brings good in our life. But it says he is against all those who forsake him. You, you either seek him or you forsake him. There's no other option. If you don't seek him, then you're actually forsaking him. You're going your own way. That's the essence of sin, isn't it? All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. You see, we forsake him. The opposite of that is to seek him. You might think your problems are here, there, and everywhere. But I tell you, your real problem is you're not seeking God. If you will seek God, then the rest of your life will fall into shape. That's, that's what it's, it's as simple as that. He will give you the strength to overcome those sins and those different issues. If you will seek God, he'll give you the strength. But if you struggle in your own strength, you'll go into different problems. But your real problem is the fact that you haven't sought God. Proverbs says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As rivers of living water, he turns it wherever he wishes. And again, this is saying, if you want to be a king, if you want to rule and reign in life, if you want to have that success, that godly success, you must get your heart in the hand of the Lord. You must allow his hand, his spirit, to fill your heart. You must surrender your heart to his hand. 
And then his hand in your heart becomes like rivers of living water. As you, as you receive his presence in you, they, his hand fills you and rivers of living water, of strength, of victory, of peace, start flowing out of you. And then it says he turns it wherever he wishes. He turns your heart. He guides your heart in the way it should go. How does he do it? Through his hand, through those rivers of living water flowing through you. It says every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And if you haven't sought the Lord, then your heart is empty. It doesn't have the presence of the Lord in it, and your heart weighs nothing, and your plans mean nothing. It's all vanity. But if you seek the Lord and you let his hand, his spirit, fill your heart, then your heart is weighty. It has God's presence and glory in it. So God judges you according to what's in your heart. He knows what's in your heart. He knows how much of your heart you have surrendered to him. It says in Psalm 105, Seek the Lord and his strength. His strength is his hand. Seek his face forevermore. So there's two things really. In seeking the Lord... We are seeking his face, that intimacy with him, to know him directly, face to face, as he is in himself. But at the same time, we are also seeking and loving his hand, his strength to come into our heart, into our life, that the hand of the Lord would come upon us to empower us. That's what we want. So we seek his face, but we also seek his strength within us and upon us. And that we're told then, seek his face forevermore. That's the primary thing. Because when we seek him, we seek to know him, we, we seek to love him, then his hand then will come upon us from within and he becomes our strength. We know him by his life within us. He becomes our health, our victory, our life, our wisdom. You know, a good example of our fellowship with the Lord is, is like dancing. Uh, if you like, Borum dancing. And he leads us and we follow. And, 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 and two dancers in synch synchronicity is a great thing. And, and the man is leading and the woman is, is following his movements and yielding to his leadership. And that's how it should be. We should be dancing with the Lord. But in order to dance and be led by the Lord in our life, first of all, they have to get into hold. So before we can dance with the Lord, we have to be sure his hand is upon us. And how do we get his hand upon us? By seeking him, seeking his face. And as we seek that closeness with him, his hand will come upon us. And then we can dance with him. So we're going to look this week and next time also as to how. How can we seek the Lord? What's, what's the way forward in seeking God? And our first point is, is simply that we must have a desire and a determination to seek God, to seek his presence. We're not seeking a feeling so much or even a manifestation. We want to seek his presence. We want to seek God for who he is in himself, face-to-face -face intimacy. You know, the, the key difference between someone who's dead spiritually and someone who's alive is, is whether you have a spiritual desire to know God, to be close to God. That's the key to your spiritual life. We must have a passion for his presence, much more than a passion for his presence, if you understand the difference. We need to desire his presence, not so much his presence. If we have his presence, then the presence 
will come automatically. What do you want more? His presence or his presence? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You see, the things of our outward life that we tend to worry about, that is this right or is that right in our life? Do we have enough of this or do we have enough of that? God knows we need those things, but we are not to seek them. We are not to seek our happiness in those things. We are to seek our happiness in the Lord. We're to seek the Lord. Uh, and and he says, don't focus on the presence, rather focus on the presence of God in your life. Seek God, and then all these other things will be added to you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. That means seek God and seek his rule over you. Seek his presence in your life. Seek God and his righteousness. His righteousness is, again, his hand on your life, giving, directing your life in the right path. And if you seek God first, then as a result of that, all these things will be added to you. All these natural things that you're looking for in life will be added to you. They're the presence. So if you seek his presence first, then the presence will be added to you. Our heart must be for, to know God, to know him for who he is in himself, for his personal presence, not for just what he can do for us. So we see this with Moses. In Exodus 32, that's when he's on Mount Sinai, and, and then, meanwhile, the Israelites start worshipping God through an idol, through this golden calf. And God tells Moses about it, and Moses has to intercede even to save Israel from total destruction. But then in verse chapter 33, we have a wonderful chapter where God says to Moses, Depart, Go up from here, you and the people whom you've brought out of the land of Egypt, to a land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, that, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? He says, I'm, I'm, Go in and possess your land. I'm giving it all to you. That's the presence. He says, go up to this land with the milk and honey. You can have it all. For, or but, I will not go up in your midst. You see, God was traveling in their midst. They had the presence of God. He lived in the tabernacle. The glory of God was there in the midst of Israel. He says, I'm not going to go with you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So here, God is giving Moses an offer, and this is a big test. He says, I'll give you all the blessings you ever want, but I won't, you won't have my presence. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, that's a good deal. Fair enough. Give me what I need, my health. Give me my success. Give me financial prosperity. Give me all these things. That, that's enough for me. But what if you don't have the presence of God? And there's a difference between the blessing and blessings. You see, the blessing is God himself. It's his presence. And the blessing in your life will create blessings. The blessings are the manifestation of his blessing. The healing, the, the prosperity, the, um, the wisdom, whatever. 
The question is, what do you want more, the blessings or the blessing himself? You know, God wants us to love him more than his gifts, to love the blessing more than the blessings, to seek him more than what he can give us. And that was the heart of Moses. I want you to see the heart of Moses. Moses wanted God's presence in his heart and life more than anything else. And uh, he couldn't care less about the other stuff so much as long as he had God's presence. See, see what Moses does in response. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. It's almost as if there was so much sin and unbelief in the camp, he wanted to set himself apart just to be with God. And he called it the tabernacle of meeting. So this was a place where Moses would meet with God. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses till he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass that when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Isn't that amazing? Whenever Moses went out to meet with God, God came in his glory. And Moses had that face-to-face -face relationship with God. You know, when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And it says, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man at his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. I want you to notice Moses had that face-to-face -face relationship with God. That was the main thing in his life. He sought the face of God, and they talked as a man speaks with his friend. That's what we should have with God. And I want you to notice the key to Joshua's success was that he also had that same heart attitude of wanting to linger in the presence of God, of seeking God. He, Joshua just stayed there in the presence of God, and that's what qualified him to be a leader in due time. And notice what Moses then says to the Lord. The Moses said, See, you say to me, bring up this people. Go into the land, you do it. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. In other words, I'm not happy with this arrangement. You said you're not going. and Who's going to go with me? Am I, I'm going to go on my own. I'm not happy. Moses is saying, I'm not happy with that arrangement. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and, I, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, they, therefore, I pray, he says, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I might know you, and that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. In other words, you can't withdraw yourself from them, Lord. They're your people. They're in covenant with you. He says, I want to know your way. That when he talks about that Moses, uh, they, Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. It's talking about the ways of his heart. You know, when you know, when you know about someone, like a celebrity, you know their acts, you know what they've said. But when you know someone intimately, you know their ways. You know the ways of their heart. You know how they think. And, and that's what Moses wanted. He wanted that direct knowledge of God, his ways. He wanted to know him. In other words, Moses said, I want your presence, God. I don't want a second-hand relationship with you. I want to know you. And so I'm not satisfied with having the milk and the honey, 
but not having your presence. So he's asking for God's presence to stay with them. And God heard his prayer because notice what, how God responds. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Praise God. That's what Moses wanted, that God will go with them. His presence was everything. And then Moses wants to reinforce. He, he wanted to make sure he's got God's word on it. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. There's a tremendous statement. In other words, God, I'd rather stay here in this barren wilderness where we hardly get by, where, where life is, is very hard, but I have your presence with me here. I, you know, verses, we go into this wonderful land of milk and honey, every need is met, everything is great, but you are not with me. Your presence isn't here. If you were given the choice, what would you choose? Moses was very clear, I'd rather stay here in the wilderness if it means having your presence. He says, for then, how will it, if we go without your presence, how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people on all the face of the earth. He said, they're your people. And notice he says, we must be separate, we're different. How is God's people different? The difference is that that marks out the people of God as different is that God's presence is with them. God's presence is with them. So that was Moses' attitude. He desired God's presence more than anything else in his life. That's got to be our heart attitude. That's what marks out the people of God, that they have God's presence because they seek him with all their heart. And so God confirms the promise to him. Verse 17, God says to Moses, I will also... Do this thing that you've spoken. In other words, for sure, for sure I'll do it. I confirm my promise. For you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. We need to have the heart of Moses. Another great example of, of having this desire for God's presence is Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. That's his face. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. And so he, he, is, he is feeling thirsty for God. He has a desire for the presence of God. And, and so this is, he's going to seek the face of God for the help of his countenance. And he gives... A great example of this, he says, Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. What's that got to do with anything? The land of the Jordan in the north of Israel is where the Jordan River comes out from Mount Hermon. And it comes out, and there's a wonderful waterfall at Banias, Caesarea Philippi. And he, he remembers the natural analogy. The river Jordan is like the river of life. And he, he remembers what that's like. And he remembers that waterfall of the river of life there. And he says, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Meitzah, that's the foothills of Hermon, where the, the river actually flows out. You see, the water from Mount Hermon, that's a picture of heaven. The water flows down that mountain and comes out as the river Jordan. And he says, your life for me is like that, that river of life, that waterfall. And so when I realize you are flowing to me in your mercy. I seek you and I call out 
for you to fill my heart. That's when he says, deep calls to deep at the noise of your waterfalls. He says, and I, I hear the sound of your waterfalls. I hear your grace is flowing toward me. And he says, deep calls to deep from the depth of my heart, of my need for God. I'm thirsting for God. Deep calls out to the depths of God. God's in, in his, I want to know you, God. I want to be filled with your life. Deep from the depth of my heart, I call out to the depths of God and then he says as a result of that all your waves and billows have gone over me these are waves of loving kindness the Lord will command his loving kindness he says and so this is a man who seeks God and he is filled with the life of God because he lets he calls out from the depths of his heart to be filled with the life of God this desire we meant to stir up our desire for God. And this desire needs to be turned into determination. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Ask, and this is in the present continuous, Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and it will be open to you. In other words, it's got to be a lifestyle. Now, it's not unbelief to seek and keep on seeking or ask and keep on asking because what happens is you ask and you get an answer and then you keep on asking and you keep getting more and more answers. You keep knocking and more and more doors open to you. It's not necessarily knocking at the same door but you are all the time pressing into the heart of God more and more. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. This is God's promise to you. If you seek him, you will find him. But there has to be a determination there. There has to be a continuation there. There has to be a constant pressing in. It doesn't just happen by accident. You have to purpose to seek God. Jeremiah said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You have to give yourself to seeking God. Hosea says, they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Hebrews 11.6 says that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Chronicles 22, he says, now set your heart and soul to seek the Lord your God. In other words, I like that. He says, set it. There's, there's the will. There's the quality decision. Set your heart. Not, I'll just seek God when things get really bad, then I'll seek God. No, set your heart in a permanent uh, fixture of seeking God. Chronicles again, he says that this king did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. I like, you prepare your heart to seek God. You set your heart to seek God. It says about Ezra that he prepared his heart to seek the Lord. You have to make that quality decision. To seek God otherwise you'll get distracted by all the other demands of life but the first thing you have to make that quality decision I will seek the Lord I, I set my heart to seek God I will diligently seek him I'll earnestly seek him that desire has got to become a, a determination you know you can desire to get fit or whatever we, we have that desire but that desire for it to be any good it's got to turn into a determination a discipline uh, uh, that we continue in this psalm 63 he says oh god you're my god early will i seek thee my soul thirsts for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water and here 
He sees the, the presence of God as a necessity, not as an optional extra. You know, I don't care how busy you get, you're not going to say, well, I'm too busy, I can't take a drink of water. You know, you, you don't do that because water is a necessity. You know you can't live without it. And so whatever else is going on in your life, you will drink that water. And here he says, my flesh longs for you in a thirsty land where there is no water. In other words, it's not an optional extra. It's a necessity. It's the first thing I do is make sure I am filled with the water of life, that I seek you early before I do anything else. Seeking you is the first thing. Get, that, get it in your heart that seeking God is an essential, it's a necessity, because otherwise your life won't work. The day won't go well if you don't seek God. Isaiah 26, 9, he says, With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. I like that. His spirit within him wants to connect with the spirit of God. And so he lets his spirit rule him. And his spirit wants to seek God early. He wants to make that. And, and he says, I desire you. It starts with a desire. You've got to have that desire for God, that desire for the life of God, for the presence of God. And, but don't be satisfied with that desire. That desire then has got to become a determination where you say, Lord, I will seek you early. I will put that first in my life as the first thing in my day. I will seek you. I let that desire turn into a determination to seek God. Now next time, we're going to actually look at exactly how. How do we do that? How do we seek God? We'll, we'll go in deeper next time to see some, the practical way in which you actually do this. So God bless you. Seek the Lord with all your heart and you will find him. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. Prosperity is a controversial subject. But here in my book called Biblical Prosperity, I give a balanced teaching of the Word of God, that God wants to prosper us, but also the purpose of prosperity is that we can be a blessing. And so if you want a biblically balanced teaching on prosperity and how you can move in the abundance of God for your life, let me recommend this book to you on Bible prosperity. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515 086.